tabernacle of praise. Good morning, saints of the living God. It's so good to be in God's house one more time. We extend an invitation to those that are visiting us here in the house and to those of you that are watching online. We are always grateful. You hear it from week to week, but we know you could have been anyplace else. You could have chosen to worship someplace else, but you chose to be with us here at 1721 Parker Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63138. We're going to ask everyone to please stand as we sing. We set our work aside and we leave our cares behind on this day of Sabbath rest. Jesus on today. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Happy Sabbath. Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord one more time. Like David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. I don't care what kind of week you had. Like David, I will command myself. I will bless the Lord at all times and his praises shall continually be in my mouth you may be seated we want to welcome each and every one of you to the tabernacle of praise where everybody is somebody and worship is truly a joy this morning i see a few people that may not be members i'd like to see uh welcome sister marquette marquita and sister bernadette amen amen Amen. And we have Sister Jordan in the back, Alvina's daughter, home from college. Amen. Amen. We have this young lady right here. What's your name? Judith. 
Well, we want to welcome you to the to Tabernacle of Praise. Eunice? Eunice. All right. Amen. I had to turn my hearing aid up a little bit. Praise the Lord. Well, we're thankful that you all chose to come and worship with us on this day. We don't take that for granted. You are a visitor but once, but now you are considered one of the family. Amen. 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 On behalf of our pastor, Jonathan B. Fields, and the First Lady, Melody Fields, we want to just invite you, and we just want to thank you for coming this morning. Our pastor and First Lady is down in Mississippi at a family uh, wedding. Amen. Just want to pray for them. They made it safely last evening at 6 o'clock, and they will be traveling tomorrow to Kansas City, funeralized uh, Pastor Valentine. So we want to keep keep them in prayer as they travel, and I think our family, uh, part of our family, be traveling there too on tomorrow to celebrate and to uh, support that family. Amen. <clears throat> now, you know that we have, ever since the pandemic, we have been having Sabbath school online on the phone. Amen. And I was going back, and Elder, you know, sister, you know, we've been doing it for over three and a half years on the phone. And I want to thank our superintendent, Sister Beverly. I want to thank all the teachers, Elder Wellington, Elder Carroll, Elder Kwame Adututu, McCray, and all those who have filled in the gaps in between. We just want to thank you for keeping it going. But next week, something is getting ready to happen. We can really have a paradigm shift. What you were used to, we're going to shift it to something else. We're going to meet here at the church at 930. Amen, amen, amen. We want this to be a, a nice kickoff. And I think Beverly may have some light refreshments and everything, but it's gonna, we want to start off with a bang. Now, you can learn on phone. I'm so appreciative of Brother Bill joining us on the line. But now we want to expand that, and we want to invite you all to come in person. So those questions, I know sometimes it's like playing double dutch. You got to be ready to jump in there if you want to say something. <laughs> especially this morning <laughs> and so but but when you are in person you can just raise your hand and the facilitator will recognize you and you can expound upon a point or ask the question but this is the church at study it's very important that we come to sabbath school because when you're at church you're just listening okay but when you're at sabbath school there's an interaction that's where you grow amen and if the if the sabbath school is strong guess what the church is going to be built on up. We're going to just travel right on into the 11 o'clock hour. So we want you to invite a friend. Amen. amen. Don't just come by yourself. Invite a friend. Amen. And we're going to also have the new believers class. The pastor will be conducting that class in the pastor study. Amen. amen. And we're going to have the lower division. Amen. amen. So we want you, we want to get all of our divisions together. We want you to come out. That's going to be next Sabbath. Amen. Also next Sabbath, uh, Sister Jan Gray, we're going to recognize all of our veterans. That's going to be Veterans Day. Amen. And so Sister Karen is going to have a link that she's going to put on the announcements where we want you to upload your picture of you in your uniform. I know you can't fit it anymore, Bobby, but that's okay. We want to be able to upload those pictures. You know, and put the branch of service, whatever branch of service you served in, we want you to put that on there, and we're going to have it on the big screen. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. And also, next Sabbath, we're going to have our pastor's appreciation day. Amen. Amen. 
We appreciate pastors. Some of you all, don't, you know, might be getting a little bit uh, side-eyed, but you know, the pastor has a lot of hats. You know, he is, we are in a district, in case you all didn't realize that we are in a district. So that means that we have to share the pastor with another church. So you may not see him. You will not see him every Sabbath. But I'm so glad that the Holy Ghost is still going to be here. Amen. Amen. I'm so glad that doesn't diminish the fact that Jesus died for my sins. And I worship him in spirit and in truth. Praise the Lord. So don't be dismayed. Amen. God will take care of you. And this Sabbath, today, after church, we're going to be going out in the community. Amen. This is an outreach Sabbath, our, our homeless ministry outreach. Amen. Amen. And if you have never gone, it's a beautiful experience. We were talking about that in Sabbath school, talking about, you know, we get a little nervous. I have to admit, I get a little nervous. You know, I'm the leader. I can't show the nervousness, but if I'm being truthful, you know, you get a little nervous going down in there. But I have to be reminded the Lord said, I'm with you. You know, he said, I will never leave you. God told us to go. So God didn't give me the spirit of fear. That's the devil trying to come on me. I have to say, get thee behind me. Because God says we have to seek and to save those which are lost. They're not going to come to our house. We have to go out and find them and seek. And whatever gift that God has given you, God says, use it for the upbuilding of his work. So when the carols did that, that uh, what is that class, spiritual discipleship class, spiritual gifts, to find out what gift you have. All of us have at least one gift. Amen. 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 So use that gift to the glory of God. Even if it's just coming to church and just having a smile. Amen. That's a gift. That encourages somebody. Don't be like the little boy that asked his daddy. He said, Daddy, is a horse a Christian? He said, Son, what do you mean by that? He said, Because most Christians have long faces. So we ought to be the happiest people in the world, right? We should show the joy that we have inside. Amen? Amen. And if you don't have that joy, then you need to get on your knees and you need to be thankful. Get you a prayer book. Just a book of blessings. Just writing down every day. The fact that you woke up this morning is a testament to the grace and the goodness of God. Amen? Is there anybody celebrating an anniversary today, this month? Any anniversaries this month? I know the Wellington just came off a beautiful anniversary last month. Where did you guys go? Mexico, praise the Lord. November 10th, amen. And how many years is that going to be? 49. Woo! Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Anybody celebrating a birthday this month? Any November birthdays? Amen, Albina. Amen, praise the Lord. Karen, praise the Lord. Who else? Eunice? Amen. Three November babies. Amen. Okay, let's go. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear members. Happy birthday to you. Amen. Amen. Let's continue in our worship.
Truly, God is good. Is he good? Amen. Amen. You know, God is such a good God. Yes, he is. We look at things and we just wonder, how did this happen? But when you think about it, it's all because of the Lord. The fact that you're sitting out here in these chairs is because he woke you up this morning. That's a good thing. Amen. That's something to shout about. That's something to be happy about. Because he's a good God. He's a loving God. He got you through the week. I know some of y'all like me had a long well, I didn't let me let me let me back up. I had a long fun week. All right. <laughs> As Paul mentioned, it was my anniversary. So we, we spent some time over in Mexico and had a good time. But I know God was with you as well. Whether you was working or whether you was playing. He kept you. And so he gives you this opportunity to come unto him in prayer, to connect with him. So if you have anything that you want to come and bring to the Lord, whether it's praise, whether it's a desire, whether it's a need, I invite you to come down as we pray. Give yourself a good it is we give ourselves away to you use us Lord Lord we're so thankful not because of anything that we've done but, but, but because of what you've done we find ourselves Lord standing in a circle we find ourselves kneeling we find ourselves with bowed heads thanking you Lord because you're a God who deserves to be thankful. You didn't have to do it, but you did it because you loved us. And so here we are. We give ourselves unto you. Lord, we come right now. Some, Lord, might be suffering with pain and heartache. But we know, Lord, that there's a comforter. We know that there's a healer. All we need to do is call on the precious name of Jesus. And it shall be done. We'll be touched, healed, comforted. So, Lord, we lift up all of our children, your children, Lord, who have been infected with some type of pain, some type of disease, some type of injury. Lord, we lift up your children. And we ask, Father, that you would truly be that balm in Gilead. Touch and heal. Abide with your children. And heal them according to your will. Lord, some come this morning. They may have some financial difficulties. 
But last time I checked, I know that you own the cattle on a thousand hills. And that there's nothing, Lord, that is impossible for you. And so, Lord, whatever financial situation we have found ourselves in, we turn it over to you, Lord. Because we know, Father God, that you, you, Lord, can take care of it and mend it. Lord, some come because they have some emotional problems. They have some family problems. They have some social problems. Lord, whatever the situation is, we ask that, Lord, you would be the counselor. That you would come in, Lord, mighty and strong, teaching, sharing, illustrating, Lord, that love that powerful love that changes all things. Lord, that love that's greater even than sin. And so, Lord, we just ask right now that you would reach out and touch everyone in this edifice. Send your spirit, Lord, and let them reap the benefits of being in your presence. Lord, those who are online, touch and abide with them as well. Use us this morning, Lord, as we turn ourselves over to thee, that we may be greater witnesses for you, Lord. Thank you in the precious name of Jesus. Amen and amen. All right, good morning, everybody. Good morning. I want to say happy Sabbath to everyone. Happy Sabbath. And we, of course, have to do, um, is this housekeeping? Or, oh, okay. Housekeeping, not house cleaning today. We're going to do a little bit of housekeeping. First of all, I want to say thanks to everyone for participating in our evangelistic outreach last week. Yeah. And yes, yes. And it was um, our Never Alone Suicide Prevention Conference. Uh, and unfortunately, Kirk Franklin decided to come into town on our day. <laughs> and we can see one traitor back there already. But that's all right because I'm going to um, mail him something, let him know what our date is. We already have it, so he doesn't need to schedule to come into town next week, next year around this time. So we're already ready for next year. We're preparing, and instead of going backwards, we're going to push forward because we know that there are people out there who need what we have. No matter what it is, we have it, and they need it, and we got to get it to them. We just have to figure out how to get it to them. So that's the first thing. So I want to, again, thank everyone, all the prayers that went up, all the support, all the thoughts, the conversations. I appreciate it, and I um, want to say next year we want the same. And then... Um, now we're turning to our next evangelistic outreach, which is today. So we're going out for the, with the homeless. They need us. We have what they need. We have hope. They need hope. Mm -hmm. We may have um, the ability to, to re 
refer them to someone to give them the, need, the uh, services that they need. We have some food. Some of them are hungry. So we need every, all hands on deck. All of those who are so inclined, feel free to come out. It is an awesome opportunity. It really, really is. It will help you to become better in your own life, to become more aware of what's going on in this world. Then we have our... Um, our line, what is it called, Beverly, that we want to do with the phones? Oh, she can't think of it either. But in our call center. So we're going to have our call center So because we want to invite people to come to. It's a phone blitz. She's calling it a phone blitz. So for all of you who have the ability to speak clearly, be enthusiastic, encouraging, inspirational we invite you to join us we don't have a date yet but it will be this month to come out and, and reach out to people with our phone blitz and we're having a phone blitz for our thank you lord praise concert Amen. that's yes 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 let me tell you guys the choir is working hard i know they're working hard they always work hard so they're working hard and getting ready let me tell you the kids I have children who say, I want to be a part. Amen. I want to be in it. Amen. So we have that going on. I see some babies that came in. We want to get them involved. Do they want to come on back? Yes, yes, yes. So, to be in the Children's Choir for our Christmas uh, program. And also, we, um, there are children who are volunteering to work the floor that day. So they're going to be uh, doing something within helping to maintain the chaos. But we want everybody to take about five of these. You only can have five because, you know, we have limited space. So we only can have five and give them to those whom you love and you want to come and you want those you want to see. Now, the outcome from the, um, our last outreach program was we, we, our, our contact list grew up to, what, 375, 375 contacts. 24 of those are agencies that we, we can work with that are collaborating with us. And then we have um, someone on the spot talk to Beverly, who was in her perfect position of greeting. And so uh, talk to her. And this is a doctor who wants to be a part of. So listen, it doesn't matter what you see. It's what God is doing. Amen. And he is an awesome, awesome God. And so I want to turn our attention to those in the war zones, right? Because they have on both sides, they have family members in that war, in the war in Ukraine, in the wars in Africa. All around the world, there are wars going on. People are dying. And we are infected because the people, they have loved ones here. So we need to send them a message. We have to send a message of hope. We cannot just allow people, loved ones, to just die and we do nothing. So if we do nothing more than give God some praise and let other people know that God is good, then that's what we're going to do. Now, we know that it's not a lot here. So you have to speak up loud enough so the people across the street who may be coming home or who may have been in the uh, war-torn uh, environment before, we need you to stop, speak loud enough for them. So here we go. God is good. All the time. All the time. God is good. He is so merciful and good and gracious. Oh, my goodness. He's such a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful God. Today in Sabbath school, if you're not coming to Sabbath school, you are missing it. It is so awesome. But anyway, today in Sabbath school, we talked about um, Jonah. And he was running away from a missionary effort. Now, 
the title was What Excuses We Have or something like that. The excuses we use for, to not do missionary work. But every day of your life is a missionary effort. Every day when you step out that door and you see your neighbor and you greet them with a smile, or if you greet them with a frown, it's registering, that's a Christian. Every day that you go to the store, when you speak to the person behind you, on the side of you, in front of you, that's a missionary effort. Don't miss the efforts, you guys. It's, a, it's, it's great to be able to give and to share. And, and there is a saying, it's better to give than to, re, than to receive. I switched it up a little to say, it's better to be able to give than to have to receive. Right. Mm. I'd be... I'm happier to be able to give joy than to need to receive joy. That means something's not right. Something's hard going on. So I want everyone here to, whether you are a visitor or not, carry it with you wherever you go, that Jesus needs your joy and your happiness to go into somebody else's life. He needs us to help others out. So because of this, we're going to do our absolute best this week. First of all, to be grateful. Thank God every day. Thank God every day. I'm gonna, I want to give a little, a little testimony. I know I'm running a little late, but I want to give a short testimony. Some years ago, Lee and I was getting hit from the left and right financially. Our health was, it was a problem. It was one thing after another thing, and it was just going on and on. And I was going down, really going down. I'm sitting on the pews going down, and there's nobody. It seems like you talk to people. They, like, they never had a problem. It's amazing how we all have problems, and yet nobody seems to have them. But at any rate, one day I was sitting there going down, and Percy walked past me. He said, I'm praying for you. And I looked. I was like, what? I'm, I, I think I might say, why? But he said, I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you and Brother Carol. And then today he said it again, I'm praying for you. I just want to say, if that's it, if that's all you can do, you don't have to have money. You don't have to have a car. All you need to use your tongue and say, I am praying for you. Get on your knees. Stand up in your house. While you washing dishes, call out a name. Yeah. Call out, Lord, help so-and-so. Yeah. You may not know. You don't have to know. Be glad you don't know. That's just another problem you don't have to think about. But be willing to do the least and let God do the most. Right. Will the deacons come forward to, to give everybody an opportunity to just praise God with your time, your talent, and your temple, and your treasure so that others may... Learn the joy of God. Most honorable Father, in the blessed name of Jesus, we are so grateful. We have the opportunity to just praise you, to pray for other people, Lord, to be the hands that you need, the feet that you need, the eyes, tongue. Help us, O oh Lord, to be the, do the, op, the absolute best for you, not the least, but the best, O oh Lord. In the blessed name of Jesus, we ask that you would turn these offerings from a um, secular use to a sacred use, and Lord, stretch the money so that much, much can be done with it. In the blessed name of Jesus, we pray and praise you always. Amen. amen. Let the church say amen. amen.
Amen, amen. Amen, amen. Praise God. God is good, amen. All the time, God is good. Choir sounded wonderful. Joe sounded like he got a new keyboard. <laughs> All right. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Uh, Brother Miller, you want to say something? Brother Miller's niece. What's her name? Amen, amen. Praise God. All right, thank you for coming. <laughs> praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Glad to see everybody smiling face, of course. Sister Robinson, where's my drinky drink? <laughs> you supposed to have my drink, ain't you? <laughs> Not that one. She, oh, there it is. All right, all right. <laughs> You on top of it? <laughs> she snuck it up here while I wasn't looking. <laughs> Praise God. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. God is so good. It's a happy November to all the November birthdays. You know, it's always interesting when people's birthdays are the same uh, month or same week or even like Lakita and I, our birthdays are one day apart. So every time people say, wow, y'all was made for each other or whatever, praise the Lord, that's a blessing. But there was a couple that their birthday was on the exact same day. Now, that don't often happen. But the exact same day was their birthday, and they were turning 60 years old. And miraculously, the angel said, for your 60th birthday, I'm going to give you anything you want. So he asked the lady, he says, for your 60th, what do you want? She said, I want to travel the world. I want to see all the sights of the world, and I want to go all around. And the angel snapped his fingers, and instantly she had two round-trip tickets all paid all around the world, cruise and hotels and everything. So she was so happy. And then the angel looked at the husband, and he said, what would you like for your 60th birthday? The husband was kind of shy. He said, well, man, I feel bad. <laughs> I feel kind of bad now because... I was going to ask to be married to a woman 30 years younger than me. <laughs> Instantly, the angel snapped his fingers and the man turned 90 years old. <laughs> he, he got his wish, right? <laughs> yeah. So be careful what you ask for, right? Be careful what you ask for. It's truly a blessed Sabbath day, a blessed opportunity to speak a word for the Lord. And <clears throat> I'm always pleased and privileged to get this opportunity uh, to share God and share what God has given me to share with you. Uh, today our message is, open my eyes that I might see. Open my eyes that I might see. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you so much for this beautiful and blessed Sabbath day. Thank you for all the smiling faces in attendance here as well as all those online, we ask and pray that you will lead us and guide us, dear Lord. Give us a word in due season that we may draw closer to thee. In your precious name, Jesus, amen. amen. So our open my eyes that I might see. Our scripture is Revelation 3.8. I ask that you will stand as we read Revelation 3.8 together. Just one verse. <clears throat>
Okay, that's not my verse. <laughs> okay, I'll read it. I probably wrote the wrong one. Sorry about that. It says, I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich, and white raiment, that thou may be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness does not appear, and anoint thine eyes with eye salve, that thou mayest see. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Open our eyes, anoint our eyes with eye salve that we may see. Many times we don't recognize that our eyes are closed. As some people say, our eyes are wide shut. But we need our eyes wide open to see, especially where we stand in terms of our Christianity, in terms of are we where Jesus wants us to be. Everyone who accepts Christ, you're making a promise to him that I'm going to do what I can to enlarge your kingdom. I'm going to do what I can to share Christ with others who may not know him. You promise to be an ambassador for Christ. Ambassador means you go instead of him. And we need to look at ourselves objectively and honestly and say, am I really going in Christ's place? When people see me, do they see Christ or do they just see me? And let me tell you, there's a huge difference <laughs> between me and Christ. Have you ever heard the phrase, there is none so blind as he who will not see? Did you ever pay attention to that says, will not see? It didn't say cannot. They have the ability to see. They have eyes. Their eyes work fine. Their vision is fine. But they are choosing not to see. And it's not a one-time choice to choose not to see. It comes after years and years of making choices because every choice you make leads you down a different pathway of life. And if you ever get to the point where you choose not to see, you are in a bad situation because it means you choose to ignore reality. Reality happens whether you accept it or not. It's kind of like the way that they're trying to erase history you can't erase history. It's already happened. You can choose to accept it. You can choose to close your eyes to it. But there's nothing you can do about history. So if you are choosing not to see, you're only fooling yourself. Everybody around you knows exactly where you are, exactly who you are, exactly what you're standing for. So you can choose not to see, but you're not fooling anyone. Now, if we think about it, we have to ask God to open our eyes that we may see. Because sometimes we really don't see. Might be something in our upbringing. Might be something that you've been studying or read about throughout your life. Might be the culture or the environment that you grow up in that you just don't see certain things that you're going through. Other people might see them, but you don't see them. Have you ever noticed how easy it is for somebody else to see problems in your life? Yeah, they can see everything you're doing wrong. <laughs> but themselves, oh, they're perfect. Nothing wrong here. And if every time you ask them, how are you doing? Fine. I'm fine. Everything's fine. Everybody's fine. Remember that phrase people had, it's all good? <laughs> and it was never all good. It's not all good. But people choose not to see the reality, and they say, uh, it's all good, and they don't really want to talk to you about it. So we have to be ambassadors for Christ. We have to look at him 
as our example, not each other. Because if we look at each other, hey, I'm doing pretty good compared to you. You know, I'm not, I'm not a serial killer. I'm not a bank robber. I'm not a player or a pimp. I'm doing pretty good. If I look at other people, I'm doing good. But if I look at Jesus, when you look at Jesus, you see how far you are from the example that he set for us. And we see that we need him and that Christ has made provision for us, his church, to be a transformed body illuminating with the light of heaven and possessing the glory of Emmanuel. That's where Christ wants to see us. We have to have, ask him to open up our eyes to the example that he gave us of the Heavenly Father, full of grace and truth. And he set an example for us to be ye holy as I am holy. But how can I be holy if I don't see holy every day? Turn to your neighbor. Look at your neighbor on your right. Look at your neighbor on your left. What did you just see? An imperfect human being? All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There is no perfect human being. So how am I going to know holy if I don't see it every day? Because my responsibility and your responsibility is to keep our eyes on Jesus. I can see you. Of course, that's natural to see one another, but I'm not supposed to be following you as my example. Many times our young people especially, they have idols that they make of sports figures or uh, entertainment figures or whatever. And then when that idol that they have set up so high falls, then their hopes are dashed. And they feel bad and they feel like there's no way to make it. If this guy who I held in such high esteem has fallen to sin, what am I going to do? We can't afford to look at each other as examples. We can only look at each other as each of us looks towards Christ and as we are being the example that he has given to us. We can't trust man's idea of what is holy and what is right. If you pay attention and have your eyes open, you notice man's idea of what's right is totally opposite of what God says is right. Totally opposite. When you think about it, we can't even comprehend all the blessings that God has for those who follow his way. It is God's purpose that every one of us in here is surrounded by a spiritual atmosphere of light and peace. Can you imagine? Think about Adam and Eve that had that light around them and the peace around them of the Garden of Eden. Can you imagine living like that today where nothing bothers you? where everything is peaceful and loving and you constantly looking at heavenly scenes of glory, wouldn't that be heaven on earth? But we have to keep our thoughts on Christ. His plans for us are to prosper and to be in health even as our soul prospers. Now, if any of us here have been ill or sick or in the hospital or injured, Man, you really appreciate good health, don't you? But when we're in our 20s, we think we're invincible. We just go past good health. We jump in and playing sports and being on a track team and playing football and doing everything with no thought of injury or illness whatsoever. But once you get sick, 
especially if you really get sick. I'm, I'm not talking about just a cough or a cold. I'm talking about you in the hospital, and you are hurting and in pain, and you don't know if you're even going to make it. Then good health means a lot to you, don't it? That's all we want. Lord, just get me out of this, and I'll do whatever. Good health. God wants us to be in health, even as our soul prospers. What is it going to benefit us to gain the whole world but lose our soul? God wants our souls to prosper. And we cannot trust humanity's definition of good because humanity thinks violence is the answer. Humanity thinks money will solve every problem you might have. Humanity thinks if it feels good, do it. Humanity thinks that he who dies with the most toys wins. And humanity thinks there is no God except man. We cannot afford to follow humanity's definition of what is good. We have to ask God to open our eyes so that we can see the difference between what God wants you to do and what humanity is asking you to do. And there is more than just that visible difference between the two. There is eternal life at stake. Depending on our decisions... It's either going to be eternal life or it's going to be eternal death. We have to have the ability, the eyesight, the spiritual eyesight to know the difference to do what God thinks because we have to follow God rather than man. As long as we're on this earth, there's always going to be rules. You ever see people who just think the rules aren't for them? They're all around, aren't they? They're running stop signs. They're running red lights. They're not paying their rent. They're doing all kind of stuff that they're supposed to do because the rules say they should do it. People who fight with the police don't want to follow the rules. People who are breaking in your house, oh, that locked door is not for me. That's for somebody else. We must learn to follow the rules of life, civil life, in order to have a civil society. But when there comes a time where the civil laws conflict with God's laws, then we're called to follow God rather than man. In the book of 2 Kings, we all know Elijah. Elijah was uh, the prophet of God at that time. And the king of Syria was at war with the Israelites. And the Israelites, they were listening to God. They were listening to Elijah because God would speak through him and tell them what to do. And the king of Syria said, hey, we got a snitch in our camp. Somebody's telling the Israelites where are we going to be, what are we going to do, how are we going to attack. And one of his servants, soldiers said, no, that's not what's happening. Elijah's telling them what to do. So the king said, oh, oh okay, it's like that. Elijah, so they went to Elijah's hometown, surrounded the whole town with all these armies and chariots, etc., and Elijah's servant looked out the window and said, Oh, Master, we're in trouble. Look, they're surrounding us. What are we going to do? And what did Elijah say? Elijah prayed. First of all, when you're surrounded by trouble, pray first. Elijah prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire. Surrounded by the angels of God. But the young man didn't see it because his eyes were not open. And he didn't understand the spiritual aspect of what was going on at that time. There's many times in our lives 
<coughs> where we're surrounded by the horsemen and the chariots of trials and tribulations and problems, hatred, anxiety, stress, violence, and we just can't see our way out like Elijah's servant. And thousands of people die each month by suicide because their eyes aren't open to all the heavenly blessings that God is shedding on them at that time. And because they can't see those blessings, they end up giving up hope and just throwing in the towel. But blessings are falling all around every one of us in here. Every one of us in here is being blessed. And if your eyes are not open to it, you won't see that. And what you'll end up saying is, how come everybody's getting blessed but me? I've been working hard. I've been doing my thing. Why ain't God blessing me? Everybody else is being blessed but me. I keep trying to succeed and end up with the short end of the stick all the time. But when God opens our eyes to what's going on around us spiritually, and he shows us that we're surrounded by angels, every one of us, you have a guardian angel who's always with you. He's constantly by your side. So you don't have to worry and be afraid. You don't have to stress out. You don't have to give up hope. Just know that God is with you wherever you go. He's promised you that. The anxiety and the guilt, it just falls away once God opens your eyes to how he's protecting you, to how he has you right here in the palm of his hand. If you can just open your eyes and imagine you right in the palm of God's hand, what can touch you? Nothing can touch you. Nobody can touch you. No situation can come your way except God allows it to happen. And if God brings you to it, what? He'll bring you through it. So imagine that. Keep your eyes open. Once we recognize problems and trials as opportunity, opportunity, it's an opportunity. And the scriptures tell us no chastisement is pleasurable right now, but later on you'll see the benefits of it. So recognize every problem as opportunity. And God is trying to make us stronger for what's about to come. Open those eyes because something's coming that you're going to need a lot of faith to endure. And you recognize, too, when your eyes are open that my worth is not in fancy cars. My worth is not in a big house. My worth is not in a high-paying job. Although those things are okay and good, <laughs> don't get me wrong, that's good if you got it, but that's not where your true worth comes from. Your true worth is in being a child of the king. What we have to remember is how Christ wants us to show the grace of his spirit to others. Our ambition should be to reveal the likeness of Christ to everyone that we meet and also to labor for the enlargement of his kingdom. That should be what we should be uh, fighting for, to share Christ with others and to see others saved in his eternal kingdom. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be ashamed. You don't have to be scared anymore when you put your trust in God. You remember that song Kirk Franklin had, Do You Want to Be Happy? That's what God's asking you. Do you want to be happy? If you want to be happy, ask him to open your eyes so that you can see the abundant blessings and the real truth of the everlasting promises that he has for you. We have to open our eyes to ourselves, and also we have to open our eyes to what's going on around the world. 
You know, there is so much going on in this world today. You just can't keep, keep your eyes on it. You can't take it all in. And it's hard to understand everything. Do you think about what's happening? War in Israel, war in the Ukraine, war in Myanmar, instability in Africa, Mexico, India, all around the country, violence everywhere, floods, disasters, uh, earthquakes, disease everywhere. And you think about it, in spite of the amount of food that's around the world, you know 10% of the world goes hungry every night. It's too much going on in this world, and we just can't see it all. Violence is at an all-time high everywhere you look. The political situation is a joke, not just in America but everywhere, because politicians have ruined politics. Instead of politics being for the people, it's for me, myself, and I. And nobody trusts a person like that. It's not about the people. It's about what can I get out of this for myself. Do you think everything going on in this world is by coincidence? Do you think it just happens by accident? Do you think everything that happens is just a simple, that's the way it is and there's nothing really behind it? But does this world run by coincidence? Is the world just running by itself? No, it is not. Isn't there a God in heaven who looks high, who sits high and looks low? So God has everything in the palm of his hand as well as this world. Now we get back to Elijah. Once they saw the chariots of God and then the Syrians had to surrender, it was kind of a weird thing that happened. The Syrians were blinded. And they couldn't see where they were at. So Elijah took them by the hand and said, hey, follow me. Come on, I'm going to show y'all where you need to be. And he took them from where they were at into the middle of town in Samaria. And then he asked God to open their eyes again. And when they opened their eyes, they looked around and said, we're in Samaria. We're surrounded by our enemies. They were surrounded by their enemies. They were in the midst of their enemies, and when we think about it, all this worldwide turmoil is because we're in the midst of an enemy, the devil. That's his whole job is to keep our minds off of God and on each other and on this world so that we can't give our lives to Christ. And it would be a sad thing for any of us not to have our eyes open to what's really going on in this world that we missed out on eternal salvation too focused on the small picture to miss and end up missing the big picture. And God has to open our eyes to what's going on because he says, he says to us in 1 Peter 2.9, we're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that we should show forth the praises of him who first called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. There is so much wickedness in the world. The increase of wickedness calls for even more of a spirit of repentance. We were all just happily sinning, right? Doing our thing until God opened our eyes to it. And now that he opened our eyes to it, he calls us to repentance. There are spiritual implications to everything going on on this planet. There are spiritual implications to everything going on in heaven. And when we think about it, we have to recognize that many times we don't understand the spiritual side of things. We just think it's just something happening. 
But there's more to it. But we don't necessarily see it because spiritual things are what? Spiritually discerned. Until God opens your eyesight to what's going on behind the scenes, it just looks like a regular activity. It just looks like, oh, it's basically a war. Oh, it's basically some people need food. There's more to it than that. And we, don't, we won't recognize the bigger eternal picture until God opens our eyes. People's eyes are not open because they're not connected to God. It takes the Holy Spirit to interpret things that are spiritual. So unless you have the eye self of God, you just won't see behind the scenes of what's really happening. Romans 8.28 even says, We know that the whole creation groans and travails in pain. Even nature is calling us to open our eyes to what's really happening. There's some uh, statistics about natural disasters kill on average 45,000 people a year. In 2022, there was 387 natural disasters resulting in the loss of 30,704 lives, affecting 185 million individuals. You didn't know all that was happening behind the scenes. You just thought it was a flood in, uh, on the Merrimack River. Or you just thought it was a flood at the Mississippi. But millions of people around the globe are impacted by these natural hazards. In 2021, 432 disasters. 10,492 deaths. 101 million people affected. And about $252 billion worth of loss to the economies. And still, there are blinded people who don't think global warming has an impact. They don't th care about air pollution. They don't care about water pollution. They don't care about noise pollution. They don't care about food waste or soil erosion, chemical production, deforestation, loss of the ozone layer, methane gas, open pit mining. All these things are having a terrible impact on our planet. And people just act like they don't care because their eyes are closed. We have to recognize we only have one planet to live on. You can't just pack up and go to Mercury, Mars, or Jupiter. You just can't do it. And there was a, a documentary that pointed out that even if you could, you couldn't live there because God has placed Earth in the specific blessed position of being able to sustain life. So if we mess this planet up, what are we going to do? We have to have our eyes open to what the real issues are. And if we open our eyes, what we're going to see is we're not alone because the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous and he hears our cries. We have to ask the Lord, please open our eyes that we might see and repent of our evil ways before it's too late. Also, we need to open our eyes not only to ourselves and where we stand in relation to Christ, not only to the environment and what we're doing to this planet, but also open our eyes to heaven. Revelation 21.2, John says, I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride, adorned for her husband. And ladies, you know, when it's your marriage day, you want to look your best ever. Best ever. So you think about New Jerusalem coming down looking its best ever. Beautiful, gorgeous, outstanding. John's eyes were wide open. That's why he could see that, because God opened his eyes. We also 
as individuals, as Christians, we have to open our eyes and visualize yourself in heaven. Visualize yourself in heaven. See yourself on the golden streets. See yourself swinging on the pearly gates. See yourself enjoying a banquet that you can't even see the end of the table from. Heaven is our home. This old earth ain't our home. And would you really want it if it was? No, because it's sinful, it's degraded, it's tore up. We're just strangers and pilgrims down here. We're just here for a little time. Do you realize that some people come into your life just for a little time? They don't have to be your friend forever. But while they are your friend, they are your friend. This earth is temporary. It's good while it lasts, but this is not our eternal home. It has to be our goal every day to make it to heaven. Because the thing is about goals, if you don't have a goal, you don't have a destination. And if you don't have a destination, then you're just doomed to stay in one place and die in your spiritual blindness. That's the choice. Make heaven your goal or die in your spiritual blindness. People without visions or goals are just wandering in the wilderness of sin like a ship without a rudder, just going whichever way the wind blows. A new, a new belief comes up, oh, I believe this way. Another belief comes up, oh, I believe this way now. Oh, now I believe something different. Like a ship without a rudder, just going whichever way the wind blows. It's always interesting to me how you can raise your children as little babies, raise them up, feed them, clothe them, shelter them, teach them, train them, do everything you're supposed to do with them. And when they get around 16, <laughs> when they get around 16, they start believing other people more than you. And you're like, wait a minute, I've been teaching you for 17 years. Now you believe this guy over me? What is wrong with people? Our eyes have to be open. We need those eyes open. And don't go every which way. Now I believe this young man. Now I believe this young lady. Now I believe this person over here. We can't be like that. We have to have a goal. We have to have a destination or we'll never reach it. If you don't have a destination, how do you know if you reached it? You'll never know. You just keep on going left and going right until finally, as I said, you end up dying in your blindness. Our goal is heaven. Jesus said, I go and prepare a place for you. That's each one of us. He's specifically going to prepare a place for you. He's preparing places for others too, but he's specifically preparing that place for you. You think about the people that you've ever met, and there's other people around while you're talking to them, but their focus is you. Doesn't that make you feel important? Doesn't that make you feel uh, valued? Doesn't that make you feel good that this person's taking time just for me? That's what Jesus is doing. He's taking time just for you because he wants to see you in heaven with them. He says, you know where I'm going. You know how to get there. I am the way, the truth, and the life. But we have to open our eyes to the blessed promises that Christ gives us. Many times when we're doing our Bible study, we'll study this verse, that verse, and it just goes right past us. But when the Holy Spirit opens your eyes, 
the verse that you used to just skim over, now it means something different. When your eyes are open, now the verse that you kept hearing constantly from up front, it means something different to you. Now when your parents are talking to you, you, your eyes are open, now what they're saying makes sense to you. Our eyes have to be open. 1 Corinthians 2, nine says, Eye has not seen nor ear heard, neither entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. You can't even imagine what heaven's going to look like. We have to have spiritual eyesight. God has given us his holy word, and he's also given us his prophet, but it's still not enough. It's not enough to describe how wonderful and glorious heaven's going to be. Open your eyes and put your sights on heaven. That is our goal. That's where we want to go. Stop looking at the world to satisfy you. It ain't going to happen. You've been in the world how many uh, years you've been here? Are you satisfied yet? The world does not satisfy. The world just keeps teasing you, give you a little bit of this and a little bit of that to keep you chasing after the carrot. And then they hit you with the stick instead. The world won't satisfy you. Stop looking at the world to satisfy you. Stop looking at the world to provide for you. Open your eyes and recognize your provision comes from God. Your provision does not come from your job. Your provision doesn't come from your spouse. Your provision doesn't come from yourself. Our provision only comes from God. So stop looking at the world to provide that for you. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He's the only one that's going to save us. He's the only one that will open our eyes so that we might see. When your eyes become open, you're going to be a new person. You're going to be a new creature, a new creation, because you won't think the same. It's like uh, where they say a blind person feeling an elephant for the first time, and the first one thought it was a wall. The second one thought it was a tree stump. The third one thought it was a big water hose because their eyes weren't open. That's how we are as we go through life. We get the wrong idea of what's good for us. We get the wrong idea of who is good for us. We get the wrong idea of where we should be going and what we should be doing until God opens our eyes. And then we see that our true destination is not here on earth. Our true destination is is in heaven with Jesus. Are you tired of being spiritually blind? Would you really like to see things as they truly are behind the scenes? Would you really like to see heaven for what it truly is? Do you want to see the new Jerusalem as your home, as your destination? Do you want God to open your eyes that you might see so that you will no longer be spiritually blind and that you can accept your responsibility as an ambassador for Christ, as a witness for Christ, and as a child of the King. The only way that's going to happen is by accepting Jesus into your heart. Have you accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior? If you have not, I invite you now to just raise your hand and let Jesus know that I want you for my Lord and Savior. If you have not accepted Christ, he's waiting. He says, I stand at the door and knock. And all you got to do is say, yes, Lord, come into my heart. It's, It's not a big thing. He makes it easy. He says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. All you have to do is say, I'm tired of this world. I'm tired of being spiritually blind. 
I'm tired of depending on other people to save me. I'm tired of the whole thing. And ask Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. Let us ask the Lord to open our eyes that we might see. Dear Father, we thank you so much for giving us the privilege of asking for our eyes to be open. Lord, we ask you this day, please open our eyes that we might see. Open our eyes, dear Jesus, to the glory of heaven. Open our eyes, dear Jesus, to the glory of your sacrifice on Calvary's hill. Open our eyes, dear Jesus, to eternal life in glory with thee. Open our eyes, dear Lord, to our spiritual position in our life. Open our eyes to see where we come short of the glory of God. And open our eyes to see how we can do better as witnesses, as Christians, as friends, as family members, as neighbors, how we can do better to lead others to Christ. We ask and pray for your spiritual eye salve, Lord. Help us to see behind the scenes and see that this world is coming to a near close and that time is growing short. Help us to see that we stand in need of your salvation. Help us to see that we need to repent and turn from evil, Lord. Help us to see that only through Christ will any of us be saved. Bless us, dear Lord. Bless those who need to find you as their Lord and Savior. Continue to work with them, Holy Spirit. Continue to work with those online who have not accepted you as well. And bless them, dear Lord, to keep seeking for the truth of your word, to keep seeking for your Holy Spirit in their lives, and to keep seeking for their eye salve to open their eyes to Jesus Christ, their true and only Lord and Savior. In his blessed and holy name, we thank you. We praise your holy name, Jesus. Amen and amen. Let's give Elder Carroll another amen. Beautiful message. Are our eyes open now? Praise the Lord. Some of us may need those walking sticks, but God is that way that's going to lead us to the truth and the light. We just want to remind you that we're going to be going out, those that are going to be, if you can't go out, we still need your hands to help put the packages together so we can take them out. Uh, we have a meal for those, amen. Amen, amen. My wife made some nice banana pudding. Amen. Praise the Lord. So we just want to just uh, also, we want to appeal to those that can donate coats, hats, gloves, socks, winter gear, blankets. And because wintertime is coming, it's going to be 65 today, but you know this is St. Louis. Next week it might be 30 degrees. So we just want to appeal to your hearts. Amen. Elder, we got so many young people today. I want to know what's going on. So don't leave. Don't leave, young people. I'm going to talk to you before you, you, you leave today. Thank you so much for that. I see some nods. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, let's stand for our benediction. Heavenly Father, truly our hearts have truly been blessed, Lord, by this beautiful message, Lord. We're thankful, Lord, that you have offered us the eye salve that we can see take the blinders off 
Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you and give you peace both now and forevermore. And the church said together, amen. 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 You may be seated as the deacons usher you out. Nation. 